everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Renter Power Hour brought to you by Tennis Together. And I'm here today joined with Amy Inglis, Program Director. Eileen Joy, Communications and Development Coordinator. And Jessica Chuidian Ingersoll from Santa Cruz. And my name is Eduardo Torres. I am the Northern California Regional Coordinator with Tennis Together. It's been a really exciting month um, since our last podcast. And there's a lot of things happening right now, a lot of state um, excitement with AB 1482 being passed, as well as we have an update on CARP. And we also want to talk about uh, all the moratoriums that are happening across the state regarding AB 1482. So let's kick it off and let's talk about CARP, which is the California Renter Power Assembly that happened in October in Long Beach. No, I'm sorry, not Long Beach, Inglewood. It got switched. It got switched a couple of times, right? So (laughs) (laughs) maybe it'll be there in the future. Maybe in the future. You're you're just telling the future. Yeah. Yeah, California Renter Power was so exciting. It was so much work. Um, it was so worth it. And there were about f- over 400 people there, probably at the peak. Uh, Saturday was the big day where most people were there uh, and where we tried on this experiment of... Excuse you, Eileen. Sorry, I just dropped something. <laughs> Come on, Eileen. That's such a rookie thing to I do. I know, right? Your first time on the it's show and you're already stealing, spilling drinks. I'm known for being the clumsy one at Twins Together, so I'll just own that. It's what I do. Eileen's first podcast. Yay! <laughs> Too funny. Uh, so yeah, this experiment that we're, we wanted to do statewide where we have... Hundreds of people come together and see how we could collectively talk about movement priorities for housing justice and discuss strategy and vision for 10 years and beyond. And we got a lot of amazing feedback, uh, a lot of things we could do better, a lot of things that felt really great. And uh, there's going to be a longer summary document published later, but uh, just kind of quick hits about Saturday was where we uh, came together and we talked about uh, 10 priorities that were discussed in the regional assemblies earlier in the year. Uh, And we did some pre-work looking at the the CARP planning committee, looked at what people discussed in both Southern California and Northern California, and came up with 10 categories of, of work to talk about together. And people broke out into different groups and talked about those 10 things and then decided what they wanted to talk about more in the afternoon to strategize. And um, so that ended up being, uh, we wanted to, to narrow down to five, but there was a tie, so we ended up with six <laughs> priorities that we talked about in the afternoon. And those six were Let's hear uh, them. community land trusts, public banks, Yay. Mm-hmm. tenants unions, yeah, <laughs> rent control. What? Yes. That's a surprise. <laughs> <laughs> right to council. 
And political education. Yeah. So this is what's cool. You never know what's going to come up doing a renter assembly like this. Mm-hmm. And also it was different than the one we did in 2017 um, because that one was more focused on workshops and skill sharing uh, and more focused on just renters' rights, which Mm -hmm. is generally, you know, what we think of as regulating the landlord-tenant relationship um, to talk more holistically about housing justice. So I think that that was really uh, exciting to see people want to talk about public banks and land trusts and um, building more community ownership of land and housing. Um, And there's, and especially in the political education conversation, um, there's like tons of notes (laughs) (laughs) for us to sift through and summarize. And um, what people did in the afternoon was uh, try to come up with 10-year goals uh, and uh, some ideas about how to get there. And uh, the notes on political education are, like, off the charts, so I'm not even sure what to to tell you right now. (laughs) A lot of people had a lot of questions. Yeah, yeah. I think figuring out what political education even means, you know, and, like, how we want to... Um, support our folks and really just like understanding why we're here in this housing crisis and what it means and so many different ideas about both how to do that work um, and the work that needs to be done. Um, uh, the right to counsel one is really simple. Shout out to the lawyers who are able to follow simple right. directions. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all are annoying sometimes, but like that, that's cool. Um, full right to counsel across the state is a 10 year goal. Yeah, that's achievable. Let's that's do awesome. it. And for rent control, repealing Costa Hawkins. Still a priority. Repealing the Ellis Act. Rent control for all. For everyone. Uh, and <laughs> electing rent control and just cause champions. Yeah, Ooh. I think that one ruffled a lot of feathers. Yeah, too. people were like, "What does that mean? What if they're like down for rent control, but then like against everything else?" Yeah, there's a lot of notes again with the looking through lots of notes, and we've been doing so much in just the last month that we'll talk about later in responding to all these evictions and rent increases that looking right. through notes has been less of a priority. Yeah, that's real. That's too real. That's too but, real. <laughs> so we'll talk about it later and we'll, the conversation will continue. Uh, but I think that that was part of like a healthy debate section and we had a big like plenary debate where people explored what it looks like to agree to disagree on different topics. Um, and that is something that came up. I think that was something that's been missing in the last assemblies is, is having that type of discussion and debate. Um, so, you know, that, that way people could kind of get, you know, ask questions and, and just kind of like, you know, figure out like what other things are on people's minds and, you know, how we could all work better and, and stuff. But I think that was an experiment and it, Seemed to work out. Got a little tense in there, but it seemed to work out. Uh, Jessica, you were at the California Renter Power Assembly. You know, would you want to give some some of your thoughts as someone who was there as participating and representing Santa Cruz tenants? Yeah, definitely. Um, how long ago did this happen? <laughs> a few weeks ago. I'm sorry. <laughs> but like you said, there's... It seemed like but, forever because everything just happens like, every, hey, the work yeah, we do, things are moving. There has been a lot of... Um, work around evictions recently. So apologize if I can't remember everything, but there were some great takeaways um, that I got from the program. I came with about five people from Santa Cruz carpool down there. Um, 
I think the biggest takeaways for us was, one, we're doing a lot of political education work in Santa Cruz and um, being part of the tenant counseling network that you all offer. Um, it was our first chance to meet everyone in person, um, counselors from Santa Ana, mm-hmm. Southern California, right. um, and you know other parts of Northern California. It was really helpful to see each other in person, um, be reminded of why we're doing the work that we do. And being able to think about a plan for um, at least the next year and being right. able to share input about what do we think um, counseling networks need locally to learn more about. Um, and as well as just, I think what's great about these conferences is not only the content that you provide, but the people you get to meet. Mm-hmm. Um, you yeah. know, in Santa Cruz, you know, the rent control um, that we were trying to pass last year, it wasn't successful. And being able to meet groups that have had successful campaigns and also other groups who have also had um, a lot of challenges, it was great to meet both and make connections in both um, of sides of that, of those, of, I mean, of those kinds of campaigns. Um, made a lot of connections with people um, in Chico who were, yeah. um, you know, facing you know, because of the Paradise Fires, mm-hmm. you know, huge rent increases and displacement right. um, in that region, as well as, like, hearing successes in Inglewood, super inspiring. Right. Um, so I really love that about the conference, and I can't wait till the next one, which is... Next year. Next year. Hopefully, next year. That was yeah. my annual. Well, I mean, hey. Looking forward to it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, you make a good point, because there was definitely a lot of people in the room from different parts of California, and I think that's one of the powerful things about the California Rent of Power Assemblies is that, you know, we're able to bring in everyone from around the state that we can, and like you said, share ideas and learn how we could all get better at, at our work. Um, is there anything else we want to talk about with, uh, regarding CARP? Any other big hits that happened there? Yeah, I can I can mention more, more things, because there are six Go different topics. It. I think I just did two or three I went through three um but also not to not to set high expectations uh in two years 2021 will be the next statewide next year might be a regional somewhere because yeah. I think people showed interest in like maybe mm-hmm. the maybe something in the central valley who yeah, knows yeah, yeah. um but we'll see where folks want to do it uh then another section was tenants unions and there's five tenure goals here, uh, a strong, really politi- politicized network across the state that responds to local and regional needs. Uh, I can think of an organization that's kind of like that. Really? Um, <laughs> what? <laughs> it <wants to> exist? <laughs> Maybe it needs uh, it needs more reach and support. That's it. Um, <laughs> Uh, capacity for a statewide rent strike. Um, renters making decisions about their communities and more knowledgeable. Mm. So cool. Yeah. I hope that happens in sooner than 10 years. Yeah. Uh, having a clear system of communication. That's always tough. Yeah. You know. Always tough. Uh, and more frequent renter assemblies at least once a year in different areas. So kind of like what we were talking about. We could probably manage to do smaller, more regional ones more often. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's super cool. And then uh, Public Banks has a few bullet points here on remittances. Um, get rid of predatory loans like payday loans, check cashing, title loans, and everyone has access to a public bank. So imagine that in 10 years. Super cool. And then Community Land Trusts. Um, uh, cities uh, passing the Tenant Opportunity to Purchase Act with local and state funding, uh, state-level affirmation of Tenant Opportunity to Purchase Act, 
would love to hear more about that and better understand what that means too. Uh, everyone is housed and um, land trusts for RV parks. Uh, and reflecting that uh, folks at the assembly do not live single issue lives, uh, a call for universal child care for all yeah. got in here under the notes for community land trusts. <laughs> Wow. Sure. Yep. Let's do it. <laughs> if you're a land trust, um, uh, do uh, child care or somehow have that happen. Um, all housing is decommodified and no more than a third of folks' income. Um, and uh, culturally and economically diverse communities. Also, the state stops policing squats got in here under community land trust so folks doing community land trust work you all got a lot of work to do yep (laughs) (laughs) a lot of work all right well that's my wrap on carp and then look out there's gonna be another summary document that goes out um there's way too many people i think to to thank um so we'll have that long list there but also shout out to our partners with homes for all um and all the folks um with homes for all in california um who were really instrumental in helping uh expand this uh assembly into having a including broader vision about uh, housing justice, um, not just renters' rights, because we're like renters' rights folks here at Tonnets Together, um, but we know there's a whole picture and it's all really important. So um, I really enjoyed it and running around like a chicken with my head cut off, <laughs> trying to get all the logistics together and make sure like the healing room was like mm. had all the herbs in it and like sometimes... I'm like have to check with other people about what even happened in different parts in the assembly because right, it was right, right. just like, but it seemed like it was beautiful and folks enjoyed it. Shift gears now. Thank you, Amy, for that um, recap of CARP. Uh, California Renter Power Assembly 2019 was a success, uh, but we do want to shift uh, shift some gears and talk about something that we hardly ever get a chance to talk about. And Eileen is just so excited to talk about mm-hmm. it. Yeah, let, let's talk about something called fundraising. What that is? What I so yeah, I'm Eileen. It's mid November, and that means I'm thinking about how we're funding our work next year. 2020 like every development director 
you know, anywhere right now. We're thinking about making sure we're set up with the resources we need next year um, to do the work that we do. Things like CARP, things like this podcast, um, all the beautiful work we do here at Tennis Together with our members um, around the state. Um, I'm going to take a little step back because it is baby's first podcast. I was dropping my water bottle earlier coming in here. (laughs) My water bottle that was full also with the homemade herbal tincture that Amy made me. She's also like a budding herbalist here, folks, setting us up with our herbal healing rooms at at our events. It's pretty awesome. I always ask her about plants because like if if there's something I don't know, I know Amy will know. Amy Amy knows. She made me a tincture that was really special and I was going to be sipping on that right now, but then I dropped my water bottle. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, Baby's First Podcast. Um, it's actually my second go around here at Tenants Together, though. Um, I just can't stay away. I was staff here, I think, probably like 2011 to 2015, maybe around that, um, in more of an admin role. Um and I moved to Sacramento for a few years and working on some housing policy there. Hey, Sacramento. Hey, Sac. <laughs> um, and I'm back here in my hometown, San Francisco, and back at Tennis Together because I miss these people. And I love doing this. Oh, I know. I love doing this development work here. Um, and I think it speaks a lot to me. This is my passion, but it's also a pretty sensitive area in a lot of ways of the work that we do. You know, it gets into especially the folks, us folks who work in economic justice, who work um, trying to unpack a lot of the harm that's done to folks, you know, who don't have that privilege, that access to capital. Uh, Having that be like my passion, there's a lot of there's a lot there. Um, And I think I'm motivated and and empowered and, and it feels good to be in tenants together doing this work because we are so passionate about living our mission in every part of our work. Like there's, we're not going to be funded. Um, we, there's certain funding that we won't take, for example. Like can you be, give some examples? Of yeah, yes, I can. You know, so since we started in 2008, um, right out the gate, we were started being responsive to folks who, tenants who were impacted by the foreclosure crisis. And, you know, at that time when we were fun, founded, we decided we were not going to take funding from those big banks who had already done all that violence, done all that harm on our communities. Um, we're not going to take that money and, you know, somehow allow them to, to, usually, honestly, with a really small amount of money, make it seem like they're good actors in our community. They make, yeah. 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 Right? They may give us these really small checks um, mm-hmm. compared to the millions and millions of dollars of damage, you know, and personal cost uh, that they've perpetuated in our communities that... that um, They'll give out, you know, pretty small checks here and there. And suddenly it seems like they're trying to do good and solve the problem that they create in our communities. We don't take money from big banks. We don't take money from from the landlord lobby. There's a lot of things like that where we do a test here as staff and members to say, like, is this something we believe in? Would we accept this funding? Should we go after it? And I think being that intentional about that work and living that mission, you know, behind the scenes, too, is really important. And that, that keeps me passionate here at work. Um, and I'm kind of curious about what other folks on staff think about this. I think sometimes how we make our money, um, how we fundraise our wor- work can, it can feel kind of siloed from like some of the more direct action stuff. And I'm, I'm curious looking at my, um, other staff members here, folks, you know, um, folks who work in coalition with us 
to see like wh- what do you think about that and and you know I know we have some folks who've been here longer than I have or at different times to to talk a little bit about that I think that it's a really complicated conversation but like one of the things I'm really thinking about is how um, difficult funding this work is because there are funders who will tell us flat out that they will not fund us because we work on rent control mm-hmm. or because um, their board is mostly realtors or developers right. or landlords themselves mm-hmm. and they're fine funding, say, even some part of the of what is needed for housing justice, affordable housing, even some land trust work, all this other stuff. But I think like people really see our work as very oppositional and there's like a lot of classism and racism and like most tenants in California are low income people of color. And it's like, oh, you're trying to empower those people. Like, that's a threat to me, you know? Mm, So I feel like our work is kind of directly a threat to capital in the Mm -hmm. way that maybe even other housing work isn't um, and a lot of other nonprofit work isn't. And so, Mm -hmm. like, if we want to do it and do it well, it's like for real we have to have some amount of funding to work ourselves, Mm -hmm. you know, and, like, um, for for years been like really um, appreciative of like all, all the the tenant attorneys around right. the state who um, are both there for us and organizing campaigns um, but because, you know, they're doing these class action lawsuits, they're you know um, doing this work that they might, get uh, more money than like nonprofits like ourselves and we'll pass it down Mm -hmm. and we'll pay it forward. Mm -hmm. um, And they're not in it for the money, you know? So uh, I think that that has like a lot of those are individual donors and have um, been a big part of sustaining our work and like deep appreciation for, for that. Yeah, um, Amy set me up real nice to talk about where our needs are for the end of the year. Thanks, Amy. It's like it's not yeah, your you. not your first rodeo <laughs> doing the year end campaign. So, a group like Tenants Together, you know, we're pretty small in our budget. We're pretty nimble with what we do with that. We don't have a lot of overhead. Our what we fundraise goes primarily into supporting our staff of seven folks and, you know, keeping the lights on, making sure we have the phones and computers set up for our hotline. Um, and we're pretty efficient with that. We hook up a lot of, a lot of DIY stuff here and, and, um, and we are really dependent on being funded by our community and, that matches with our values. You know, we're not looking uh, for some big corporation to come in and underwrite us. And, you know, frequently we're going to turn offers of that money down or not pursue it because, as Amy said, folks may ask us to, you know, kind of backpedal on our values or not be as vocal about, you know, maybe a campaign they don't like or something that our membership has really demanded of us. And we're just not going to do that. So we do need folks to step up um, individually. You know, if you can donate individually, tenistogether.org, there's a big donate button right there. 
We also have a year-end event. If you're anywhere in Northern California in the Bay Area and you can get to San Francisco, Thursday, December 12th, our local dive bar near our main Tenants Together office, Kilowatt, right here in the Mission, um, is hosting us for an awesome happy hour and beer bust. So there's the option to buy a bracelet that entitles you to all-you-can-drink beer, and they have kindly donated that to us. So what? All hold, on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. All-you-can-drink beer. Say it again. All-you-can-drink beer. Say it one more time. All-you-can-drink beer. Nice. Yes. <laughs> It's happening. (laughs) (laughs) It's so good I had to have you repeat it. (laughs) That's Thursday, December 12th here in the Mission. Thank you, Kilowatt. We love love you. Kilowatt's such a dope spot. It really is, and it warms the hearts Mm -hmm. of all of us, uh, all of us folks here that Mm -hmm. to see dive bars still happening in the Mission. And they got a pretty good popcorn machine there. They really do. (laughs) Cool people that work there. They support support our values. So shout out to them. Um, Definitely making your individual donations, turning out for our year end event. If you do have any um, workplace matching, if you do happen to work in a, you know, maybe a more corporate environment and there's some privileges attached to that, maybe your employer will match your donations. We're going to have some information attached here about how you can reach out to me directly to set that up um, and happy to walk you through that. So looking for all these things for the end of the year and nice. really, really excited about what we're going to be doing in 2020. Um, and I'm setting that groundwork right now with all the team here to make sure we got the resources we need to make that happen. Right on, Eileen. So excited about that. Woo! All you can eat. All you can drink beer. I was like, all, all you can eat. It could also be all you could eat. Liquid beer. bread. Liquid bread. <laughs> There's also gonna be food. <laughs> there is gonna be some Liquid food. Liquid bread. That's <laughs> yeah. It has all the carbs and yeast, right? That's the it's so true. Liquid bread. <laughs> well, thank you so much again, Eileen, for that um, fundraising segment. Uh, we want to again, you know, switch it up a little bit and talk about um, something that we just launched: the AB fourteen eighty two toolkit. Really big shout out to Liv and Sarah here on our team who are primary drafters on that. Way to go. Um, And Lupe. And Lupe. (laughs) But how can folks get it? Folks can access that on our website. Yeah, tenantstogether.org. There's a link there to Know Your Rights under AB1482. It's on all our social media platforms right now. Right. Um, And it's, it's... Pretty fun, easily digestible. It's only it's under ten pages, and it's an infographic that really is going to help you chart out if you're covered, what your rights are, what the different dates are that are associated. And we will note on that. This has been an ongoing conversation here in the office. Is some of those dates and things are changing. You know, this is brand new. Governor just signed that what October. Early October. <laughs> yeah. And so some of this is rolling out. So we're going to keep that information updated as we go. So if you do have copies of that toolkit right now, go ahead um, and keep checking back in on our website because we're going to, and our Facebook and our Twitter, because we're going to keep updating about AB 1482 implementation and rollout as, as we go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You yeah. got and it. It's also going to be translated in Spanish. Yeah. Soon. And we should have that next by next week. week. Yeah, next yeah. week. So we will have a Spanish version because we had we at Tennis Together we got a huge request of um of that same toolkit but in Spanish. So we'll have that next week. And we also recorded an initial training for counselors and organizers. Uh, and anyone who emails us, we're happy to share the link to that with you. Mm-hmm. Um, we run a statewide hotline and for folks 
who don't have local resources, we're happy to answer tenant questions. But also, if you're doing tenant counseling, um, if you have a local program, you can learn about it and we can help you learn it. You don't don't just send everyone to us because we only <laughs> have like 40 hotline counselors it. and it's already a crazy backlog. It <laughs> so is. It let is. us help you do uh, do your local tenant counseling. Yeah. And speaking of which, that's so, such a great segue. We do have a statewide hotline for folks who are listening. If you're a renter listening to this podcast and you live in the state of California, Tenants Together has a free tenant rights hotline that you could call anywhere across the state. It's 1-888-495-8020, one 495 It's a free hotline. You could call us anywhere in the state. If you're in Eureka, Calexico, I like saying that because they're both at, at the ends of the state, right? <laughs> but it's true. Anywhere in between or you know, around those regions, give us a call. Uh, we have counselors here who could uh, help hopefully help uh, answer some of your questions regarding tenant rights stuff. Um, all right. Now, with regarding... A, uh, 1482. There's been a lot of um, response from cities and counties across the state regarding moratoriums, right? And so we invited Jessica to come in here and talk about her experience in Santa Cruz regarding um, their moratorium that they just passed. Um, was it in October? October 29th for the city. Ooh, for the city. And then there's also a county one. Yes. So um, it, yeah, was, go ahead, go ahead. it was the city of Santa Cruz really that passed the first um, emergency ordinance in that county. And then I believe in order, it was the county of Santa Cruz. So the unincorporated parts of Santa Cruz, then it was Capitola. And recently, I think even this week, Watsonville also passed emergency eviction protections. Wow. Watsonville. Watsonville. Yeah. (laughs) And yeah, so, I mean, it all happened really quickly and it wasn't something that I think anyone had really expected Although when you think about it, we were all pretty shocked that, you know, the state could pass something um, like this without any kind of expectation or protection in place for the people who were kind of vulnerable um, and at risk from September until January 31st. And so a lot of people throughout the county, I work for even like a counseling program um, in Santa Cruz. What's the name of that program? Tenant Sanctuary. And we had gotten... Um, uh, we don't get too many eviction calls, but the the those that we did get in September, it was crazy. It was it wasn't just the number, but it was also the nature of the calls, um, just building wide evictions. And you know, we can really only counsel uh, tenants in the city of Santa Cruz. But so we did have a building in Santa Cruz. However, that building had a long story. We had first heard about it, not even a tenant sanctuary. There is. An organizer, there's some organizing going on in Santa Cruz, you know, throughout people trying to run their own hotlines, just going door to door and canvassing. And one organizer got in their mail one of these pamphlets that this building is being sold and that, you know, someone should buy it up because there's no tenant protections in Santa Cruz by it while it's hot. And eventually, a few months later, after it was sold, can find, oh, the new landlord is evicting um, tons of people. A lot of Section 8 and low-income renters are living in that complex. Um, so this... And this was all when AB 1482 was getting signed into law by the Assembly and by the Senate. Mm -hmm. Um, So we were like, this is crazy. Um, You know, two by two, people are already like moving into their vans, you know, expecting to be evicted um, shortly after 
Um, we heard that there is a, you know, an entire building in Capitola getting evicted and another building in Watsonville by the same management company. We heard of a lot happening in the county as well. So just the only thing we could really do was say, you know, you need to go to city council and just tell them your story because the law doesn't, you know, there are no rights for you at this moment. No Mm -hmm. cause eviction is legal. Mm -hmm. Um, There's really no, nothing we can do to prevent it. Um, So a lot of those tenants got in contact with the organizers in Santa Cruz. Um, They went to city council. They told their story. And at least in the city of Santa Cruz, it was unanimously passed. Um, So that was a really good victory, Mm. um, a small victory um, at most because, you know, in Santa Cruz, uh, not not a lot of units are covered. Um, But for those that did receive notices and who would be affected, um, it it seemed like a great sigh of relief. Yeah, I can imagine. I mean, especially as it's coming down, like folks don't even know how to handle this. And yeah, first thing landlords do is like, oh, start evicting everyone. Yeah. And people were like, it's our whole building, you know, and you're just like, what do you tell somebody? Like, what could be the reason? And the reason is always like, quote, renovations yeah. or, or bringing the unit up to market, whatever right. that means. Um, but I'm not sure whether it was like unanimous on like the board of supervisors or on the other city councils. Um, but, you know, there was a great deal of support. Um, for it and very little recorded opposition. Wow. So I have a question. The rent control ballot measure sadly lost in Santa Cruz last year. Why do you think that you all were able to win this? Well, to be honest, I would say it was far less politically controversial than what the previous one was. I believe Measure M, it was stronger rent control. There was a rent board. It was just cause for all tenants. Um, And this one, I would say, you know, it was, I mean, it didn't seem like there was a lot of people that were going to be affected by this, landlords at least. Um, And I think that this one passed, I think, because there was a lot of renters who were being affected, as well as the fact that in Santa Cruz, there's this huge homelessness crisis that is drawing so much hostility, um, specifically around, you know, you know, big homeless camps, like right off the freeway. Um, and so I think being able to draw that connection between you see now how these evictions are, you know, just, you know, drawing that connection between this huge issue that you talk about at almost every city council meeting, um, or at least all over Facebook. And in a small town like Santa Cruz, Facebook is like a, a big forum, as well as next door. You, you yeah. can't go anywhere without hearing about it. Um, and, you know, as well as a lot of the people who spoke at city council were saying, you know, if I get this eviction notice, like, I don't know where to go. A lot of them were also Section 8 renters. Um, and so they were kind of already expecting to be homeless. Uh, You know, they were already thinking about, you know, I'm going to be on the street. I can't think of any place where I can go. You know that the waiting lists are super long. Um, So just, you know, being able to be honest about the fact that if I don't get help right now, like we're going to be up on the streets, um, I think was a really powerful message that I think, you know, kind of spread throughout the room, you Mm -hmm. know, kind of made a lot of people realize that, you know, for a very... For a very um, uncontroversial law, this should, this is something that we should definitely consider and pass, at least for right, right. now. So, right. And I'm just going to have to say it here and lay it at the feet of Governor Newsom, who should have included yeah. in the legislation of 1482 a moratorium on yeah. evictions and rent increases yeah. ahead of the official effective date, because that has happened before. Happened decades ago when rent control passed in San Francisco between it passing and the effective date. It's not a mystery. It literally happens every time a city passes rent control. Mm -hmm. 
I, I just remember when I first started with Tennis Together in Richmond, they had just passed rent control that year in, in 2016. And I mean, it was like month after, right? Because it was, it was going to go in effect in January. I was at the legal clinics there and folks were walking in with like eviction notices and huge rent increases and stuff like that. And landlords thought they could get away with it. Yeah. So thanks for the law. Yeah. <laughs> Please do better next time. <laughs> Well, it'll it'll be great. We'll build on this. We'll yeah. build on this win. Yeah. But like, it crushes my heart to Agreed. see like people facing homelessness um, because of this kind of legislative malpractice. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, and I know that he was instrumental in leading on the bill and crafting the bill and writing the mm. bill and what ended up getting in there. Um, so. We just need to do our due diligence and call it out uh, where we see it. Can I read the list of cities that have passed moratoriums? Absolutely. Though? I was about yes. to ask you. I was about to ask you. What? Read my right. mind. It's, it's on our website, mm-hmm. like so many good things. Uh, <laughs> we have, oh my God, so maybe up to two dozen? I don't know. Um, Alhambra, Baldwin Park, Bell Gardens. Capitola, Daly City. Daly City! How do you say this one? Duarte? Duarte? I never know. Sometimes in California, you're supposed to say it wrong. Duarte? Yeah. (laughs) And then some people... Some people I've heard say Duart, too. Duart? I know, right? I don't know. People of this community, educate us. We'd love to know what you, how you call your town. Please. Send us an email, info at tenantsdaily.org. We don't want to mispronounce your name, the town. So. Um, but it's cool. You have a moratorium. Nice. Um, Gardena, the city of Los Angeles. Nice. Yeah. Long Beach, mm-hmm. Maywood, Menlo Park, Milpitas. Pasadena, Pomona, Redwood City, Redondo Beach, San Carlos, the city of San Mateo, like we mentioned before, city and county of Santa Cruz, Seaside, South Pasadena, Torrance, and thanks, Jessica, Watsonville. What? That's not on the website yet, but (laughs) it'll be added. Yeah, that's so great. Um, So good work, everybody. Um, But also just a reminder, this is a rent gouging law. And unless we actually pass um, strong rent stabilization, real rent control, um, people are going to continue to get priced out of their homes. And I was just doing the calculation for if I didn't have strong, I live, I'm lucky to live in Berkeley and have strong rent control. If I didn't have that and only was covered by 1482, I would not be able to live in my home within a year. Mm. If I got rent increases under 1482. Right, right. So, wow. you know, that's the reality. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's unprecedented law. It'll be, it's a great start, but we got to keep pushing. Yeah. And I'm glad that you highlighted that too. It's a, it is a rent uh, gouging bill and it's not real rent control, despite what some of the media is saying and so forth. But, you know, um, at the end of the day, we need to fight for something that's stronger, that's better. Is there anything else you wanted to mention regarding Santa Cruz? Um, no, not really. Um, <laughs> just... <laughs> you grab the mic anyways. Like, no, oh, just... <laughs> except, for the... <laughs> <laughs> just... except for the fact that I think for 
the tenants that you know we know yeah. of mm-hmm. that um, are were served these eviction notices. I think there is some controversy over like the way that the bill is worded. I think. In Can you some say ways, more about that? Yeah. So I think that there's a lot of parts of AB 1482 that are vague, and I I, I, I don't want to say it's on purpose, mm-hmm. but it's causing a lot of like debate. I think about you know you know when you say a, for, a subsidized housing is exempt, what does that mean? Does that also apply to Section 8 voucher holders? Because a lot of the tenants that did come forward with this story are on Section 8. So what does that mean? Um, so they're kind of just in this gray area. Um, and so their immediate next step is just to get in contact with, you know, an attorney. You know, um, I think that, you know, I think the housing authority is like trying to interpret this in its own way. So I'm really looking forward to see how this, you know, plays out um, with whether they're covered or not and just how far does do the right. protections go. Because I think right. it, it really makes it hard um, as counselors and people trying to educate renters on their rights. You know, what you know, what do we tell people, especially when they're some of the most vulnerable renters in the community, whether they're covered by this um, price gouging bill um, right. and eviction, with these eviction protections. Right. Do you think that in Santa Cruz now, since um, a moratorium has been adopted, that um, there's kind of a renewed interest from tenant advocates there to maybe go for a rent control campaign in the future and maybe not for 2020, but maybe 2022 or 2021. Um, because I mean, it's passing the moratorium is, is a big deal. I mean, you know, I, I been helping folks in Sacramento County. Um, they mm-hmm. recently weren't able to get that, yeah. you know, and also in Concord, they shut it down really quickly. Yeah. I would say, you know, a lot of people that I knew from the campaign, like they're still doing a lot of work um, on affordable housing and housing justice and tenant protections, whether it's working on community land trusts um, or, you know, having a dream of building a tenants union. Um, and I think that, you know, a rent control and just cause is always the dream for that. Um, but I think right now a lot of people are, you know, are thinking about, you know, what can we do now to help like build, pave the way for that right. possibly in the future. Right. Um, and, and, I think this moratorium has definitely like given hope to the fact that yeah. you know Santa Cruz definitely needs it. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people want it, um, and it's definitely like a conversation that we need to start having, um, you know, in the future. Yeah. Even right now, <laughs> not no, saying we're yeah. not talking about now. No, for sure. But it's just a lot has been going down in Santa Cruz, um, and I'm look, I'm looking forward to like how this bill will protect people at the moment. Right, right, and you know, um, you know, do you want to maybe give a shout out again with the organization you're doing the work with? I know. Yeah. Where people can find you guys, how you guys, how folks in Santa Cruz could reach out yeah. to y'all. Um, so I help uh, coordinate a program called Tenant Sanctuary in Santa Cruz. Um, we offer free counseling um, for tenants as well as legal clinics. Um, the legal clinics take place every other Wednesday. The next, the next one that we have is... Wednesday, November 27th from 5 to 8 p.m. Um, we're doing those every other week um, where you can just speak to an attorney about, um, you know, the the tenant-landlord situation you're in. Mm-hmm. Um, but we also have a lot of volunteer tenant counselors who, you know, have, you know, experienced a lot of tenants' rights violations themselves, have learned up on their rights, and really want to, um, you know, speak to other tenants about um, their rights. And that is Tuesdays and Thursdays, 5 to 8 p.m., and Sunday afternoons, 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. And how can someone reach out to y'all before instead of just going to the meetings? Is there like a website? Is there an email address, phone number? Um, yeah, that counseling program is 831-200-0740. Okay. Is there an email address or website? Info at tenantsanctuary.org. Nice. 
Sorry, I'm trying to get all the info. I mean, mm-hmm. You know, because for all we know, it could be we could have like this huge audience in Santa Cruz, is, like listening to the ten of you know the Rainer Power Hour all the time. It's like you know, oh, Santa Cruz loves podcasts. I'm so. sure. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm sure. And can I just also just say because uh, we missed Cynthia Berger at the California Rainer Power Assembly, but when she came to the NorCal Rainer Power Assembly, she had the dopest like tenant banner. No, like, Cynthia Berger is awesome. I was going to give her a little shout out right here. <laughs> Cynthia, I love you. I hope you're doing well, and I hope you're listening. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but she had the, this uh, Santa Cruz banner for the, what was it called again? The 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 banner. Um, just Santa Cruz. I think it said Santa Cruz rent control. That's what. It and said. you know, Cynthia made that herself. Yeah, she so it was like tie dyed. Yeah, it was like straight, like sewn, yeah. hand sewn. And it's Cynthia also really runs dope. her own uh, tenant hotline yeah, uh, from Santa right. Cruz Tenant Association. Um, I'm not really sure what that number is off the top of my head, sure. but you can quickly Google it. And she does a lot of work with the tenants in the city and the county. And what was the name of that organization? Santa Cruz Tenant Association. Nice. Uh, or might actually she might have changed it to um, Power Surge Tenants Rights Ooh. or something like that. Um, Fancy. So yeah, she's she's great. Um, yeah, give her a call if you if you can't reach us. Don't know why you wouldn't. But <laughs> <laughs> plus, she makes a mean banner. Yes. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Jessica. Um, so we want to kind of close out the show to talk a little bit more about fundraising. Mm-hmm. And Eileen, go ahead, take it away. Hey, folks, I just want to remind everybody about all the ways you can support us as we're looking at the end of the year, trying to make those dollars for 2020. Um, You heard a little sample of just all the awesome work we're doing right now and some of the need that we have to build next year. So um, keeping our keeping our fundraising where our values are uh, means that we're really dependent on individual donors and and folks to really take that step themselves. So check out our website, tenantstogether.org slash donate. Check us out in San Francisco on December 12th, um, starting at 5.30 that evening at Kilowatt Bar here in the Mission. All the details are on our website and on our Facebook, so check that out. Um, Is there a cutoff time for that? You know, that's going to go until about 8.30 or 9. So definitely, you know, definitely turn up. You can buy tickets at the door. You can buy tickets online. You should actually, I said our website or Facebook, go to Facebook because that's going to give you the most information about how to turn out for that and how to get all you can drink beer. Again, all you can drink beer. That's a little special add-on. You purchase a bracelet in addition to your entry, and you'll get that on top of some awesome, awesome food and networking and just cool people, and that's really going to set us up right for 2020 and all the work we're going to do. Yeah. Really excited about that when you said all you could. I am too. All you can drink beer. Yeah. Liquid bread. Yeah, and they're serving. They're get, it's going to be two local Bay Area brews too. Oh, I know. Who are they? I think we're gonna. It's, I definitely think it's going to be Lagunitas and uh, Trimmer Pills out of Berkeley. So, Ooh. you know, showing that local love for our local brewers too. Nice. That's what's up. That's what's up. Yeah, keep it, keep it, keep it all the love for our local small breweries. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but just kind of on that too. I mean, I just set up a. Um, birthday fundraiser on my Facebook because, you know, we're just trying to think of creative ways to raise money. Um, and so, you know, you know, any little thing you can do, folks out there, if you're listening, set something up, 
Yeah. I just donated actually to Eduardo's birthday fundraiser because I was like, man, this is awesome. Thank you. So things like that really make a difference to us. Again, you know, reach out to me directly if you potentially have corporate matching, if you, you know, um, through your employer or if you're interested in being more involved in fundraising. It's not, you know, for some folks, it's not their first thing they think about with volunteering, but yeah. it can be really rewarding and I'm happy to help engage you and train you up a little bit in that. So you can reach out to me and, and find my contact information on the website, Eileen with an A at tennistogether.org. So thank you, Eileen, for that update on fundraising. And again, you know, kilowatt, December 12th, uh, 5.30 p.m., all you can drink beer, all you can eat liquid bread. <laughs> you can make... <laughs> Uh, sandwiches with that liquid bread if you want. Um, but yeah, there's something it, a very exciting happening right now as we're recording this. And I'm very sad that we can't be there. Um, but there's a huge action right now happening here in the city of San Francisco um, with the Veritas uh, Tenants Union and also a Housing Rights Committee and um, San Francisco Tenants Union doing this great action out there. Yeah, you know who is there from Tennis Together is our operations manager, Adolfo. What? And one of our hauling counselors, Deborah. That's it. They're representing. uh, And we are so excited that tenants in San Francisco are renting from the corporate landlord, Veritas, Mm -hmm. the Veritas Tenants Association, uh, who have been such amazing organizers, uh, have been really galvanizing tenants across the city um, through their through their organizing in different buildings are uh, demanding of Veritas a cancellation of pending capital improvement pass-throughs. So if you don't know, San Francisco rent control allows this horrible thing called the capital improvement pass-through, um, and landlords can increase the rent beyond the annual increase um, if they qualify for that. You don't necessarily need to have that in right. your rent control law. Berkeley doesn't have it. Right. Um, so can- canceling the pending ones, um, rolling back all capital improvement pass-throughs already impacting tenants, and rolling back all operations and maintenance rent increases ruled on prior to last year's change in the law. So we are sending you so many good, powerful vibes in your direct action happening right now. Mm -hmm. Um, And this will be amazing if we can change the law in San Francisco to not have capital improvement pass-throughs anymore. right, right, right. Um, I was personally like looking to face a really big capital Mm -hmm. improvement increase in my building combined with a seismic retrofit pass through that law also isn't good in San Francisco. So everyone knows even when you have rent control, you have Mm -hmm. to fix it a lot. (laughs) What did that end up, what ended up happening for you with that? It would have ended up bringing my rent in San Francisco to market rate. Jeez. Yeah. So that forced you out of the city. And that that's yeah. when we started looking, and we were lucky to find a pretty nice place, also in rent control, in Berkeley. Nice. 
Um, that was about the same as we had been paying in San Francisco, mm-hmm. having been in a rent control place for seven years, which was really surprising mm-hmm. to find that, you yeah, know, in this, in real. this, in this market. So, um, so yeah, so I'm an East Bay person now. Yay. Welcome to the East Bay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love my East Bay. Mm-hmm. Me and Eileen were, uh, you know. We're kind of like talking about our East Bay roots the other day. Yeah. We got some sweet, sweet, unincorporated Contra Costa County yeah. allegiances. Yeah, sure. <laughs> we do. We do. We absolutely do. Um, I think before we wrap up, I just, you know, we need to give someone a special shout out on this episode. Dean Preston. Yes. Hold on. Who is what? I've heard that name before. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. you know he has a Wikipedia page now. What? I saw that. <laughs> and you know you I made it. <laughs> he made it. Yeah. Just Big shot. time now. Yeah. He's huge now. I mean Dean Preston, man, you know, props up to Dean. Uh we love you and congratulations on winning uh, the seat on super, on San Francisco Supervisors. So Dean, for folks who haven't met him, you know, it was our founder here at Tenants Together. Um, and uh, we're he's he's no longer on staff here, but we're excited to see tenant activists um, getting elected and representing our interests out there. We, we need more of that. So run for office, folks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> on our personal time, we, we make, we'll turn out for you. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and maybe we also our special guest uh, Jessica is uh, can can we can we out you as um, also being a coordinator for our Tenants Together Action Fund? Yeah, why not? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> she looks so scared. I know when you ask. You're just like, uh, what is going to happen? <laughs> yeah. Do you want to talk more about um, about that strategy and why we have a C four side? So yeah. Um, The Action Fund is known as the political arm of Tenants Together. Um, As you know, as a nonprofit, you can't really get engaged in electoral campaigns or candidacies. Um, But with the Action Fund, we're actually um, able to um, start thinking about electing local, quote, tenant champions, um, which is a big topic at Runner Power, um, and really um, working on, you know, sending out questionnaires, doing endorsements, as well as, like, um, trying to find a way to get money into um, supporting tenants who are, you know, fighting for rent control um, and tenant protections um, on their ballots um, in California. Um, and you know, pretty soon we're also going to be releasing some information on, you know, um, big real estate mm-hmm. um, and their relationships yeah. to um, politicians. Mm-hmm. Um, as we know, huge. Ask. huge. People have been oh my God, amazing. I'm like, who has this much money to spend right. on just one person? <laughs> um, but yeah, as you know, the CAA and California Association of Realtors spends a lot of money um, on, you know, um, our representatives. So pretty soon the action fund will be, you know, we're work- doing a lot of research on it. Nice. So. Anything else, guys? I am famous for coming up with a lot of uh, cover songs, <laughs> mostly about my dog. <laughs> but I, you know, since I've been back, I've been back about a month and a half here at Tennis okay. Together, and I, I got to rework my greatest hits. Most of them are about my dog, Tucker. Okay. I hope he's listening right now. <laughs> 
<laughs> He's a huge Senate advocate. Um, but yeah, I, I didn't come prepared with material today, Amy. Thanks well, for well, thanks for shouting that out. <laughs> well, maybe next time what we record, we'll have you do a uh, renter song, you know, tenant mm-hmm. friendly song or something. Maybe uh, yeah, it'd be greatest hits. I have been silently dancing through most of this podcast. Do you have to try yeah. and throw off my fellow presenters? It hasn't worked. It hasn't though. worked. <laughs> They really, this is professional here. It's real is, professional, uh, folks. Doing this. <laughs> well, uh, that's pretty much concludes our show. Um, we want to thank everyone. <laughs> Thanks, Eileen. <laughs> we were hoping for like a, you know, like, you know, like the whole ending where like, you know, hey, the, you know, the song comes what, out. What are Adolfo and Dabra doing right now at the protest? Yeah. Sing that. I <laughs> <laughs> see. I know you can do it. I know you, you can do it. Do it. Do it. <laughs> they're out there trying to fight those corporate landlords. <laughs> do it again. Do it again. Fight the corporate landlords. They're marching with our allies at Housing Rights Committee. <laughs> If this makes it on the final, I'm gonna be so mad. <laughs> it might sound really good. It might sound really good. It's gonna be the magic. Yeah. <laughs> Holy crap. <laughs> That's too good. They should write our theme song. Oh, Lord. <laughs> All right. Well, we want to thank everyone who's been listening and supporting the Rental Power Howard pod- uh, podcast. Uh, check us out next month and make sure that if you have any questions regarding organizing needs in Northern California, you can reach out to me, Eduardo, at tennistogether.org or uh, my counterpart in Southern California, Jorge, at tennistogether.org. Uh, you've been listening to the Rental Power Hour here at Tennis Together. Check us out next month. Thanks. Thanks.